The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk New York right here on WGBB, 1240 AM, 95.9 FM, 516-623-1240. That's the phone number to get in touch with us. Mike Trezor, Mike Gadon with you for the next hour. We've got Giants, NFL playoffs, Rangers, Knicks and Nets, all sorts of things to get to tonight. It is so great to be back here talking sports. Brian Graves behind the glass. Right now, let me say hi to my co-host. Glad to have him back. The coach, Mike Adone. Always a pleasure to be here, Trez. And you know what? I was just looking. It's the 29th of January. It feels like it's been forever, but, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of great stuff going on in the, in the New York area sports wise. And also just, you know, as you mentioned, NFL championship games today, uh, Giants and Jets news, or at least rumors. So we're going to hit it all. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, quietly, uh, we passed an anniversary. Two years, yes. Mike. You and I have been doing this together. And we never had a fight. <laughs> we started off at, uh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back in Westbury. Back in, in Westbury uh, at the old, what do we call that studio? I don't even remember. I don't, I did after it flooded out, I think we forgot what happened, but <laughs> we, many, many different places, but over the two years, a lot of great shows, a lot of laughs, a lot of fun times. Yeah. And, and looking forward to, you know, keeping it going. We started off as spot on sports. Yes. We are now sports talk New York. We're glad to be here. Glad to be talking to you guys. And we want your calls tonight. Once again, that's 516-623-1240. Where are we on social, Mike? Well, before that, I just got to, I, I have three to four promises of calls because I, I was, I was whipping people into a frenzy. Really? Friends of mine, coworkers about all sorts of topics. So you know who you are. So you better, you better join us tonight. I don't know if they know who they are. Oh, they know who they are. All right. It depends on what time you started drinking today. But anyway, 516-623-1240. That's the number to get in touch with us. And where are we on social, Mike? Spotify? Where else? Uh, Apple. Wherever you find your podcast, uh, you know, Facebook player right now at, at, uh, WGBB Sports Talk New York on, uh, Instagram. And any place, any place where you find social media, just look for WGBB Sports Talk New York. So two weeks ago, Mike, you weren't here. I sat in this very chair, and as I sat on the show, I was absolutely flying. You couldn't wipe the smile off my face because of that giant victory in Minnesota. A week later, a total 180. I was, oh, man, I was a miserable guy for a couple days there. And I got to tell you, um, I really expected, I, I expected more from that game. What was your impression of the playoff, second round playoff game against the Eagles down in Philly? It's tough because I tried to be the optimist and say, you know what, at least they got that far. Nobody expected. If you had said back in August, you know, that the, the Giants would be in the second round of the playoffs, you'd take it in a heartbeat. Um, all those things are there on one side, but yeah, they, they didn't even really show up for the game. It seems like some odd, odd play calls. 
uh, by Brian Dable early in the game, punt when you should not. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. They just seemed out of sync for a team that played so well. And, again, I know it's all about the opponent. Um, you had a right to be disappointed, as was I. But I think going forward now, um, this off season, as we're going to talk about just here in a second, such great promise. But, yeah, it was it was a tough tough one to swallow after feeling so good. But you know what, Mike? Even though we both had to acknowledge in the middle of the season that Philly was the much, much better team. I mean, they came, you know, they came out to off field and really knocked us around the field in the middle of the season. Um, I guess I sort of bought into this narrative that was out there that the Giants were a much better team by the time the playoffs started and that Philly was not as good a team. And so therefore my, and plus, Obviously, coming off the first-round playoff victory against Minnesota, my expectations, like those of a lot of people, increased. And, you know, the other thing is you feel like you're waiting around all week and then all weekend for that Saturday night playoff game, and it was just, you know, you're out, you're trying to have a bite to eat, maybe a drink or two, and you're trying to get revved up and charged up, and within 20 minutes oh. it was like, oh, Absolutely. man. Yeah, by halftime, you had no hope whatsoever because, you know, even, even me, the eternal optimist, that game's over by then. What you kept hearing all week, too, and it's the most overused phrase in sports, no matter what you're talking about, it's hard to beat a team three times. Yes. Right. Yeah, and that was the other narrative oh, that on. was out there. So Philly's not as good. Yeah. We're better We're, now. Yeah, hurt. Jalen Hurts is hurt. Yeah, yeah Jalen Hurts yeah, is hurt. Right, so, yeah, you got all these things going on. And, Listen, it's in everyone's best interest to play that up. The network plays it up because they want you to watch. The Giants play it up because they want you to believe, you know. And yeah, but guys that were national media guys, that they had no business to want to stoke the fire, for, especially on the Giants side. That's a good point. We're, we're jumping on the Giant bandwagon and not necessarily all of them saying the Giants were going to win, but at least this is going to be a competitive game and yeah. it was it was anything but no, it's a, that, that's a great point. You know, even even Phil Sims, who I listen to quite often, you know, he was on with Mad Dog and talking about the Giants and whatever else. And, and um, you know, early on, he said, "Yeah, you know, I didn't think they were going to have a chance." And then and then he talked, you know, talked them up. They're looking great. Daniel Jones, he's turned the corner, and 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 whatever else. And then the, the next time when he was on, he had to say, "Yeah, I was wrong." So he had to eat a lot of crow as well. You know, Mister New York Giant. Yeah. Well, again. Phil's an ex-giant. Yes. We, we, we expect to hear right. that from him. Uh, but again, other guys felt optimistic about the Giants and it was just, it was such a brutal thing, you know? And, and what I really realized about my fandom is that, I mean, you know, a Saturday night playoff game, NFL playoff game, it, it's a great thing. Absolutely. You know, my wife goes to bed a little earlier than I do. I say, all right, I'm going to go out into my den. I'm going to watch a little football when it's an out of town team. It's like, this is great, yeah. but when it's your team, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't want the Saturday night playoff game. No, anymore. well, I'll be complete, full disclosure here. My wife and I, she wanted to go out to eat. We wanted to try a new place. The game was on. I said, okay, all right, we're going to go a little early. We'll get back by halftime. We'll we'll watch it on. You know, I said to my wife, do you mind if I watch a little bit? Of, you know, over the bar when we get there, of course, no problem. We get to the restaurant. There's no television. What? No Why did you go to that restaurant? I had, well, listen, never uh, again. She hustled you, Mike. She hustled me like nobody's business. So there is no TV in this place, and she's always on me about looking at my phone. So I said to her, "Hun, I got at least you know every couple of minutes I got to check my phone." I'm a sports uh, talk yeah, show yeah, host. Yeah, Come I, on! I said, "You're you're you're killing me here." 
So I'm looking, I'm looking, and we literally paid the check at halftime, and and I looked at it again, and we got home. She said, "Well, now you can watch the second half," and I said, "Don't even bother, just just turn it off." Oh boy, oh boy. So lose, lose. Yeah. So you know, I mean, listen, it was disappointing. I didn't think they were going to beat Philly, despite no. all those increased expectations. But I really did want a much much better game than that. And um, yeah, at least even make it interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. It was probably the worst game of this whole playoff season. Um, so let's talk about the Giants. Let's focus in on them, Mike. What became apparent, and listen, I respect Nick Seriani. I think he's a good coach. He's a good young coach. But these games, that game was, was not about coaching. No. That game was about having a much better roster than another group of guys. So, Obviously, when you look at the Giants roster, you look at the Eagles roster. I mean, there's a stark difference. So where do the Giants specifically need to upgrade first, Mike, to get in that same category with the Eagles? Well, see, that's, that's kind of a, a double-edged sword right there because where they need to upgrade, but what they have to take care of, before they upgrade, so well, that's you know true. I mean? Let's back up. Yeah, a bit. It, it's Jones, Barkley. You yeah. want you want them both back here? I I do, but the, here's so the issue is this. I, you know, I did a little research earlier today. That the Giants are in a great position cap wise overall. So they have they have about fifty two and a half million dollars in the cap. But when you're talking about that second best in the NFL, but you're talking about a quarterback and you're starting running back, and you got to take care of those two positions, no matter who it's going to be. All right, and that's going to take a huge chunk. So, what do you do there? Now, I, I most people have said that you're going to probably sign one of them, and you're probably going to at least franchise tag one of them. Right. Conventional wisdom says do the the soft franchise tag on Daniel Jones. It's about twenty five, twenty seven million dollars, um, or they'll sign him to a deal, maybe a short term deal around that, and then hopefully you bring Barkley back. You know, somewhere he's he's projected the twelve million range. But that right there, you're talking almost thirty million when you put that together. So there's not, you know, there's not a whole heck of a lot left of the pie. But what it help tremendously if they can do this is to get rid of our friend Kenny Galladay, yes. who two years ago, no, that's a no brain on our first show, which Mike was talking about before. I was, I think, one of the main topics was I was so happy that the Giants had just signed Kenny Galladay. And now, as I like to say, I'll drive him to the airport. So if they cut him before June 1st, they save $13.5 million. They so, might cut him before February I was going to say, yeah. Forget about June 1st. <laughs> so it, that, exactly. So there's, there's things to be had. But I'm of the, of, of the camp. Let's, I'd like to bring them both back as long as it makes fiscal sense. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what you're saying about, uh, Jones in terms of the salary slot, 25, 27, I honestly think is a fair number. Um, Daniel Jones had a good year. He had a very good year. But again, he's still not amongst the, no. uh, where do you want to put him? Top 15, top 10. To me, he might be on the edge of the top 10. He's not. Um, to, and I've heard people make these ridiculous comparisons between Jones and Aaron Judge. Oh, and I'm like, please, folks, first of all, don't use the expression bet on himself. I am so <laughs> tired of that expression after a year. And second of all, Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, right. and he's getting better. He's not Aaron Judge, so no. please, $30, $40 million, folks, you got to please come back to me. He does not deserve that kind of dollar. No, and there's a reason why they didn't extend him in the first place. They bet on him not being what 
people are saying he is. He bet, as you said, you hate that phrase, he kind of bet on himself. So, all right, let's meet somewhere in the middle because neither side really proved their case. I, I, he's not he's not amazing, like you said, and he's not terrible. He's, he's a middle-of-the-road starting NFL quarterback who was used properly this year and could continue to really you know flourish in this system. Who else is going to come steal him? Right. But in, in the meantime, what you're saying makes sense to me in terms of the way you want to handle it salary-wise. I want to franchise Jones. Barkley seems much more amenable to coming back on a cap-friendly deal. Wants is talking this stuff about wanting to be a giant for life. Good. You want to be a giant for life? Here's what we can pay you because we got to get some other skill players around you that don't stink. Right. So you know what, Saquon? You don't want to be a 30... Um, carry a game guy and we don't want you to be a 30 uh carry a game guy absolutely i i don't think he's that kind of player that wants to be or should be you know a 25 30 carrier the minnesota game if you want to go back there for just a minute i thought the giants came in with a great game plan and and, and when you actually told me that night or somebody told me that night how many times oh it was declan on the mm-hmm. phone told me how many times he carried he only had nine carries yeah. in that game, Mike. He touched the ball maybe 15 times, but again, that's maximal use, optimal use of a skill player like Barkley. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Right, and if you want to extend your career and, and make the good money over the long term, 30 carries, you, you're, you're never going to, you're not going to last. It's just not going to happen. So, to your point, what you're saying is, yeah, sign that cap friendly deal, extend your career. Get some other players around you, you know, maybe, all right, 10 to 15 rushes or, you know, maybe on, on a certain day when you're killing it, 20, but you're touching the ball, you know, somewhere in that range, and, and it's just a better team around you. The interesting rumor that I heard coming out this week, for whatever it's worth, was that uh, the Buffalo Bills are really interested in Barkley because they feel he's the type of player that they need offensively to kind of get them over the hump. That, yeah. that, that, now, Rumors are whatever they're worth. But that's an interesting take, you know, to say, are they going to pay him a lot more to bring him in, and, and do they think he's the type of player? Or hopefully, you know, I I, I don't want him to go there, but maybe he, maybe he is. Maybe he's someone who's going to help them get over the hump. So obviously when you looked at that game against Philly, you saw the big difference in talent, not just at the skill positions, Mike, but on both the offensive and defensive line. Getting back to my question to you, where do you think the most pressing need to upgrade for the New York Giants lie this offseason, whether it's draft, free agency, whatever else you can do? Well, you know, skill positions, again, you're talking about who who is free agents. Their top wide receivers, Richie James, who came alive, he's a free agent. Gary Slayton, free agent. So they're going to have to take care of those guys or find some wide receivers. I don't, I don't know if... I don't know what the answer is because it's just so it's so glaring in every position when you when you talk about you know the differences between an NFC champion and and the Giants. Yeah, uh, I, I mean you know here's my thing. I mean you can beat Minnesota right in a playoff game with receivers like Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton and Richie the Super Freak James. <laughs> okay, but you can't beat Philly with those no, guys. No. So you have to upgrade. Immediately at wide receiver, and if if um, if Richie and um, and Slayton want to want to go, I say all right, bye bye. Yeah. And um, the other place, Mike, I'd like to see an upgrade 
is the interior of that offensive line. Obviously, Andrew Thomas has come along. He's a pro bowler now. Evan Neal, I'm on the other side, I'm hoping the same thing. But some of those guys in the middle, um, the Glowinskis and the Bredesens and even Feliciano, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to upgrade the middle because you saw the way Philly's defensive line manhandled those guys in that game. It was just, you know, I mean, all right, Jones had a bad game, but Jones didn't have like a second to even look around the field. Right. The only thing is, and I, and I know they had injuries today, but when, if you, if you watch the San Francisco, Philly game, Philly they manhandled the the Forty ers offensive line as well. They're just so strong. They're they're unbelievable. The the Eagles. So is it an aberration, or are they so good, or you know is it a combination of both? No, I I think you're on the right track with because fortifying that offensive line that, that's huge. I mean, it, it, every every team will tell you from the beginning you build from there out. So. You know, if you have great skill players, but you can't protect the quarterback or open a hole for your for your running back, what's it worth? Five one six six two three twelve forty. Give us a buzz now if you want to talk Giants, you want to talk Jets, you want to talk NFC and AFC Championship game. We'll take all of it in the first half. Chris Cayozo at eight thirty, and um, you know, Mike, I think the other place. I like the defensive backfield. When everybody's there and everybody's healthy and people aren't flipping, you know, ATVs in Cabo, um, <laughs> it, it's a good group. I think where we could use an upgrade on defense is at linebacker. Um, I don't really like our linebackers. And you saw, I mean, you mentioned the, the game against San Francisco, Philly against San Francisco today. What I did see, though, is San Francisco's linebackers were getting to the outside to stop um, you know, at least neutralize Philly's running game. And our guys did not do that. So I'd like to see some upgrade at linebacker. Also, listen, I have nothing against Bellinger. I just don't think he's really the answer for us at tight end. He's not going to make anybody forget Mark Bavaro. I wouldn't mind an upgrade at tight end as well. Well, in those two spots, you, you do have some people on the market. You know, Dalton Schultz is going to be out there in the tight end. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, him. he's I, a absolutely. good tight end. He's a solid tight end. Um, I don't want to bring him up, but Evan Ingram is going to be available again. No, although he, I, I that just, ship is sailed. I, I know. I just like to say that to get you going. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, and linebacking. Uh, there's a couple of other guys out there. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, David Long. Th- those are guys, who, name players out there who who could be high end linebackers and, and come in and, and make an immediate impact. So the 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 sexy positions, you know, the skill spots, as you say, everybody knows those guys. But it's really about for the for the Giants taking care of those other spots to, to make the, the inside even stronger. You know, I've been meaning to ask you this question. It sounds like a strange question if we pull back from the Giants to the larger NFL. Do you feel over the last couple of years like the position of linebacker itself has gotten sort of de-emphasized? Because you look at the guys who were stars on defense, Mike, almost everybody is either a big guy, a pass rusher, a run stopper up front, or somebody in the defensive backfield. That's a great point. I, I think what happens is these guys, the, the real standout linebackers in college, they're almost like hybrid players now, and they they, they move up and become ends, or or they're just multi-dimensional. You know, Thibodeau came on Thibodeau, not that he was a linebacker, but they're just hybrid guys. Micah Parsons, um, yeah, the, the the days of LT and and the and the you know those. Well, types. forget LT. I'm talking yeah. about. Ray Lewis and yeah, Erlacher, yeah, that sure. middle linebacker who played side to side True. and just was was not just a pass rusher but an absolute B 
beast shutting yeah. down yeah. the running game. And that guy was here 10 years ago, and now he's not here anymore. Yeah, it's a, I don't know how you explain it. Maybe it's just schemes in the NFL or differences. I would, I would love to ask that question, and if there's anybody out there who is a real football, and I know there's some people listening on the football coaching end of it, Give us a call and let us know your thoughts on it, or shoot me a text because I I, I would like to be educated on that. Because no, don't shoot Mike Adon a text. No, no, call okay. us oh. on the air. <laughs> well, if if you're if you're watching the game and you can't call, or you're out to oh, dinner, that's true. or you're out to dinner with your wife like I was, <laughs> that's uh, true. Yeah. you got to sneak the phone exactly. on the table like my students. Oh but, my gosh! But that's a great question. I mean, what what is it um, about today's NFL that? Because you're right. There's there aren't those guys around anymore. We want your calls tonight, folks, 516-623-1240. And we have to get into this for just a minute or two, Mike. Uh There's been a lot of talk about it this week. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that ain't right. Yeah, I thought, uh, no, I thought I you were going baseball. No, no, not not baseball. You A-Rod. snapped me into like a baseball frame of mind. No, the new, the new A-Rod of New York possibly. Yeah, you know, all right, I'm not even going to. Say anything about it. I'm, I'm okay. going to ask your view on it, oh, boy. and then I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you mine. First of all, do you think Aaron Rodgers wants to come here? Second of all, what is it going to take the New York Jets to bring him here? And third of all, if he does come here, what do you think happens from there? Okay. So does he want to come here? I believe he does. Maybe wow. I, I do. I, I don't think he wants any part. Of Green Bay anymore, and I think Green Bay's finally had it with him. I think they finally understand that you know what, it, it, it's time to to move along here. Now you're talking about major money, so making a trade is not as easy, I think, as people think it's going to be. Because even even if they trade him, I'm not a capologist, but the the, the Packers are going to take a huge dead cap hit apparently. So th- things can be worked out. But do I think he wants to go yet? Is he dying to go to the Jets? Uh, I don't know if he's dying to go to the Jets, but you know what? Aaron Rodgers, yes, is about winning, but he's more about drama. The guy, and where else to go than the drama capital of the world but New York City or East Rutherford, New Jersey, is where the stadium is. So, yes, I think he wants to come. What's it going to take to get it done? I, I, I think if you can, if you can get a two-year commitment from him, hey, you're going to give us two years. And, and again, I hate to go back to Phil Sims, but I'm a big fan, and I, I was listening to him earlier today. He thinks if if you get a two-year commitment from from Rodgers, two first-round picks is not a lot to give up for him, which it shocked me. I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a lot. But you got to be you're you're either all in or you're not. So would I give up two first-round picks for him? No. But would are the Jets looking to or willing to do it? Seems like they might be. So you got you have that combination. What's the ultimate upside? Does he bring them to a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think they're that good, and I don't think he's that good anymore either. But does it make them very relevant in a playoff team? Absolutely, for sure. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you on two out of your three answers back to me, Mike. Okay. All right? Number one, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to come here. Okay. I do agree with you that he probably does want to – Leave Green Bay, and I think you make a really good point about Green Bay wanting to move on from him. I mean, they drafted Jordan Love, what is it, three years ago now? Nobody's seen the kid. He's in like a witness protection program. (laughs) Even when Rodgers is hurt, he won't let the kid take a snap because he's afraid he'll never get his job back. I don't know what he's afraid of. Um, so I don't, I don't think he wants to come here. Okay. Number two, despite what, what Phil says and what others may say, I don't want to give up two first round draft picks. 
when you look at the Jets, Mike, other than quarterbacks, the Jets have drafted really well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, Wilson, the receiver, mm-hmm. um, Sauce. Sauce Gardner. You know what I mean? You're drafting guys at the top of the draft that have real value and have come in and become really good players, right? Brees Hall, right? So, I mean, I don't, I don't think, um, I want to give up those picks. So do you want to go, do you want to go the route of, uh, Jimmy G, who uh, actually that's someone I think the last time we were on, I mentioned I go that route. Uh, you know, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a name that's been thrown around yeah, quite a bit. the tires on him a little bit. Yeah, you I know, mean, maybe make a little bit more sense. I, I think those guys might be a little bit better fits because those guys don't want to, you don't need to give up draft picks. And again, I value those picks. You can turn those picks into whatever you want. Guys, you could plug in right away anywhere on the field and they're going to have some value. I don't think Rogers wants to come here. I don't think he wants the pain in the neck that the New York media are going to be. I don't think, uh, I think he, so I don't think he's especially fond of New York City, right. you know, yeah. per se. And, um, the one place I will agree with you is if he does come here, I don't think it guarantees the, no. the Jets a Super Bowl, certainly. I, I'm not even sure it guarantees them a playoff spot. I think it's almost like a, like a backward step to what they were years ago when they brought Brett Favre in. Like, you know, he was not going to be, it was anything to be relevant. You know what I mean? At, at that point. And they, they didn't have, uh, he wasn't the, the thing that ever, that was putting them over or did put them over the top. Let's go to the phones and welcome in a Jet fan I know wants to uh, toss this issue around a little bit, and that's our buddy Ray from Seaford. Ray, what's up? What's up, Ray? Hey, guys. How are you? Had a great show. Thanks. Thank you. uh, Appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, it was a tough end for the Jets, but, you know, look towards the future and stuff like that. And, you know, forgive me, I just caught on to the show a few minutes ago, so I'm not sure if you covered it, but I remember years back when, and Brett Favre came to all the fanfare, and, and um, I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers as a player, but um, I don't think uh, getting him on a one or two year plan is, is best for the Jets uh, at this point. It's just my opinion. Where would you rather go, um, Ray? Out of the names that we know are out there and willing to take a look at the Jets, you want Carr, you want Jimmy G, you think any of those guys or someone else you could think of is a better fit for uh- the Jets? I mean, I happen to like Derek Carr. I, I think he got kind of a raw deal there, uh, with, uh, in, uh, I was going to say Los Angeles, with the, uh, with the, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, you know, so I kind of like Derek Carr, but yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is another, you think, solid pick as well. I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers has in mind, but I'm not sure he's, you know, he's a great player. I can't question that, but I don't know that he's going to be a good fit for us, um, on the Jets, so. I, I would think either Derek or Carr or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would be a better fit for us. Any update on the AFC Championship game, Ray? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looks like Casey's up by a touchdown uh, or by seven. So just the start of the second half. Um, so 13-6, uh, Casey's up. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, most of the first quarter before I got in the car to come here, it looked like KC's defense was giving Joe Burrow a little bit of a going over in that first quarter. Yeah, it certainly looked as so. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like it's happening. And you know, Mahomes is Mahomes is some talk of him being injured and stuff, but it looks to be pretty good to me. Um, so I mean, you know, this is an exciting 
exciting. This is a great rivalry now, Cincinnati and KC. Um, you know, I kind of think KC's going to hold on, but, you know, it's, it's certainly uh, a close game. Do you see either one of these teams, Ray, taking out uh, Philly in, in the Super Bowl, or do you have a rooting interest, uh, or are you just going to be watching uh, like me? You know, it's just fascinating if it ends up being that way with, uh, you know, the Andy Reid Bowl, basically. <laughs> but I, I think uh, – I think it could be, uh, I think Philly's gonna win. I think either way it's gonna be Philly. Yeah, they're, they, they just looked very, very strong today. I mean, they've looked strong all season, but unbeatable is not, not the phrase, but boy, they, they are an impressive team. Well, thanks so much, guys. Ray, thanks, as always, Ray. always great to pleasure, hear from buddy. you. Keep on listening, keep on calling. We always enjoy your yeah. input. Thanks so much, guys. All right, take care, be well. So what do you think's gonna happen in that AFC championship game, Mike? Well, I, it, you hit it right on the head. The early early returns were that the Kansas City defense was doing a heck of a job getting the Burrow and making him. You know, I mean, they sacked him a couple of times. Uh, Mahomes looked decent. You know, he he definitely he he's one of the fastest healers I've ever seen. Or, or they they gave him something for that ankle to uh, you know take away the pain. But he he's amazing. He the guy's like a Superman. I mean, oh, it's just it, insane, right? insane. Yeah. But you know, I will tell you, man, watching Joe Burrow in that game up in Buffalo. Oh. It is really, really tough to to bet against him. I mean, you know, here here he's he's got guys on his offensive line that basically were on a UPS truck like three days ago, and it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, he goes into Buffalo, a team that let's be honest, we all thought at the beginning of this regular season was go, was the odds-on favorite maybe from the AFC. Sure. And I mean, Buffalo, what happened to them, Mike? They had all they could. All they could take against Miami, a team that came in there, warm of the team, division rival, came in there with the third string quarterback. Buffalo was up seventeen nothing in that game. And Miami gave them all they wanted. Yep. It it was interesting the weather, you know both teams obviously had to deal with it, heavy snow, wind or whatever. So Buffalo that's supposed to be the cold weather team, although Cincinnati is not, you know, not exactly a tropical paradise, but um, you know, they get their fair share of snow and, and wind during games in Buffalo, and it seemed to me that they had the harder time dealing with the elements. Meanwhile, they, like you said, there's Burrow just throwing darts. He really is Joe Cool. I mean, back there, nothing phases the guy. And, and they, they ran. Mixon had an unbelievable day uh, behind the patchwork offensive line. Just just amazing stuff. Yeah, that's that's a big weapon. Mixon, Jamar Chase. I mean, he's got, he's got everybody. So, um, yeah, you know, I... I I think he's going to be there for a long time. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk some hockey with Chris Cayozo right after this on Sports Talk New York, WGBB. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Sports Talk New York right here on 1240 AM. Mike Trezza, the Trez man, Mike Adone, the coach, with you until 9 o'clock tonight. And you know what's funny, Mike, is that um, the NHL and the NBA really don't start for me until the Giants are eliminated from the playoffs. And guess what? They're eliminated from the playoffs, and here we are. And the NBA and the NHL has started. And to talk some Rangers with us is our intrepid Ranger reporter. We own the spot. Here it is, Chris Cayozo. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good, good man. We're good. And the Rangers have been doing a good job. Third place now in the Metro behind just Carolina and the Devils. And 8-2-2. Two, and two. In 2023, Chris, how about it? Even better stats for you. Since I was last on the show, 16 and 7. Wow. Yeah, we were working you over pretty good. Yeah, you know what, Chris? I was wondering about that because as we were, we were talking about this tonight, having you on, you know, uh, it's no secret, you know, that I'm an Islander fan and we, we were, we were, we were saying at that time how, the Islanders were kind of, you know, the, the darlings of, of the town and the Rangers were struggling. But, boy, have they ever turned it around and then some. They they really did. And, you know, they're beating very good teams. You know, they, you know, they, they I, I, the thing I uh, talked about last show was they, the, the backup goalie play of uh, Jared yes. Lock. And right now he's the hottest goalie in the NHL. 5-0 and oh in his last, uh, no, I'm sorry, 5-0 and oh versus Golden Golden Knights, which is, which is a fun fact. But, yeah. I think like six and one and one in his last eight, which is yep. fantastic. And, and um, his goals, yeah, his goals against are, are, are two and two point five. I'm cheating again, but I have it right in front of me. Two point five six. I mean, that's that's fantastic from your back. That's that's great from your starter. Yeah, and I think what it was, guys, was you know the chemistry. You know, he's never played with any of these guys before because sure. they're all so young. So I think it was just chemistry and you know building a relationship with this team, and I think he's off to you know a better start than he was before for the last show. Um, you know, chemistry is a big thing now. Um, some guys are going down. I know Kreider was at a few games. Um, you know, they, they have many. Lafreniere was healthy scratches for a few. Um, you know, the, this is a very young, hungry team. Who you know, I I think after the All Star break, I think they surpassed New Jersey. And it's, it's, it's really, at the end of the day, it's between them and Carolina for the first place. Uh, I want to ask you about Fox, Zabanajad. I mean, both having really good seasons. Fox, 48 points for a defenseman, plus 23. Zabanajad, obviously, leading the team in points with 49. He's plus 15. But on the flip side, you have guys like Trocek and even Panarin and Truba that are minus, Chris. You concerned with that at all? Yeah, you know, Trocek was another guy. Like, you know, you mentioned Halak uh, on a new team with a whole new, you know, lineup and stuff like that. I think he's adjusting just fine. He's kind of, for me, the X factor of the team, Vince Trocek. Um, guys like, you know, like Panarin, he had a quiet playoff run last year. He's the type of guy that he needs to shoot more. You know, he's always looking for that assist. He's the type of guy that he needs to shoot the puck more because he has a lot of talent. Um, Zibanejad, I think he has 22 goals. He's, you know, he's... I personally have said this, I think, on every show I've been on. He should have been the captain of the Rangers, or him or Kreider. Um, but he's having a great year. He should have been an all-star. He was one of the snubs. Um, and then it all stems from the play of Igor Shosturkin, where, you know, I think he's top three goalie in the, in the NHL right now. So you mentioned all the big names and, and then some with this team, and they, they have some star power for sure. 
Who do you think is the one maybe most underrated player or overlooked player on the Rangers that doesn't really get, you know, the the, the type of recognition for their role on the team that that's helped them this far? You know, it's funny. I was going to, I was going to bring this guy up, and I, I think it's Philip Hedel. Mm-hmm. I think you know he had a great playoff run last year. Um, you know, he was a little under the radar. No one really knew about him. And he scored goal after goal. And now, in the last three games, he's scored three goals. Yeah, um, great goal the other night. I think it was Friday night. Yes, it was. Yes. And then he had that goal off the face-off, which was incredible. I've actually never seen that before. <laughs> so, it, you know, he's a guy that I think he's very under the radar, like kind of an X-factor guy. He doesn't get much attention. But, hey, he's young. I think he's only, like, 23, 24 years old. He's got a great future in the league. So, you know, you pair him up with Lafreniere, Kako, Zaban, and Jed Kreider. You know, this team is uh, this team is picking, getting hot at the right time, and hopefully after the All-Star break, they could stay hot. You know, the trade deadline, I believe, is March 3rd, Chris, so you guys are going to have a nice long break. You'll come back and see what you look like when you come back. Um, interesting article in today's Newsday. I don't know if you saw by that beat writer, um, I want to remember the guy's name. I think it's Colin Stevenson, um, who talked about a need that he felt was kind of urgent to get a right winger um, to go on one of those first two lines. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's where, you know, you see uh, right now, I think a right winger is, um, eh, I think we have Taco is one of them. He plays the wing. Um, you know, we have a, we don't need any more centers. I think between Heedle, um, between Heedle and Kreider on the top two lines, we definitely probably use a third, a third line center, but you're right, Mike. It, it, it comes down to that right wing position and we need a guy badly on there. So, um, you know, there are guys like Patrick Kane that I wish, you know, we probably have to give up a lot for him, but he's a great right winger. So if someone like that, we definitely could use at the deadline. And the schedule is, is, pretty friendly as well Chris as you, as you come out here you know you got the break and then three straight home games Calgary Vancouver Seattle uh, and then you go to Carolina but they could really get on a, they're already on a run but if they could stay hot they could be going into Carolina you know two weeks uh, on the 11th really with a shot to to make some huge run in the standings so um, everything's seeming to to be breaking right here for the Rangers it really is I mean you come out and you know breaking down each game Catholic Calgary really fell off from last year, losing yep. Johnny Gaudreau. Um, they have they got Cadre from the Avalanche, but they're they're missing some weapons on offense. Um, they're at 57 points. This is a game that the Rangers should win. Canucks really a team that's in rebuild mode. Kraken are making some noise this year, um, mm-hmm. but again at home the Rangers are playing really well. So, like you said, Mike, you know this is a team that um, should be racing for you know between one and two. So that Carolina game on the 11th is going to be an exciting one. I'm looking forward to that. I think right now the Rangers are going to be focused on just getting in the playoffs, but uh, expectation is they should be one of those top two teams. Now you mentioned the uh, Devils a little bit earlier, Chris. I don't want to catch you off guard because I know it's not the team you follow, but I'll tell you, when I looked earlier in the season, I was like, wait a minute, the Devils have won like whatever it was, 15 in a row, 18 in a row, 20 in a row. I was like... Man, this is insane. Um, do you feel that they've sort of come back to earth a little bit, or do you feel that um, they're going that you guys are going to be in a good position to pass up the Devils as we move closer to playoff time? You know, we cut it down to two games. I think last week 
behind them, and they, they we ended up losing to the Maple Leafs. They ended up winning a game. But the Devils are a young, hungry team like the Rangers. Actually, a little younger on the on the on the team average that I'm looking right now. Um, but they got guys like um, Jack Hughes. Obviously, everyone knows. Um, they got rid of Pablo Zaka this past year. They got guys, you know, that are really, really young and hungry. But I think they're coming down to earth. And after the deadline, I think I see the Devils as a wild card team this year. You know, there are some really uh, good teams in the NHL, like a Pittsburgh, a Washington. That you know, they're a veteran-led team. You got to think a team like a, the Penguins. You got Malkin. You got Crosby. You know, you got guys. You know, they, these guys are haven't experienced the playoffs yet. And I, I think they're going to be at least. You know, they're hot right now. They got they cooled down a little bit, but they're definitely a wild card team in my eyes. And again, I'm cheating because I have the stats in front of me. But it, just a, a, a Devils stat for you, Chris, which, which blew me away as I'm looking at this. So throughout the season at home, they're 13, 10, and two. On the road, nineteen three and two. That is an. I mean, for for a young team to be that good away from home is really amazing. So, um, I, I kind of I I tend to agree that I think they're going to finish in that wild card spot or whatever. But for a team to be nineteen three and two on the road and that young, that that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. Um, you know, when they were, I think they had a better winning streak. Like you said, it, 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 the stats show. But they love playing on the road. The road, wow. road warriors. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, a, a good young team, coached well. Um, but the Devil fans haven't had a good team since, oof, um, <laughs> probably 2013, 2012. Yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, this is, this is a fan base that, you know, they're, they're very excited. But I, I think at the end of the day, the Rangers are going to pass them. Um, and we'll, I guess we'll see the next time I'm on where, where the standings are at. I wanted to ask you this one, Chris, even though I think I asked you last time you were on. Um, with Shostarkin, I mean, listen, the guy was so great last year. And then it just seemed like this year at the beginning he took a little bit of a step backward. I didn't know if all the action last year finally caught up to him or was it sophomore jinx or maybe a, a nagging injury he wasn't telling anybody about. What do you think was going on with Shostarkin earlier? And are you happy and satisfied with where he is now? Yeah. You know, going back on where we were about a month, about two months now, um, he got up to a very, very slow start. And, and at the end of the day, he's an all-star because um, of what he what he did over the last, uh, I say, they were, you know, at the last 23 games. That's a, that's a sore um, spot with me as an Islander fan, I'm only going to tell you because of another guy named Sorokin, but we'll, we'll move on from that. They almost, they almost flipped roles there. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. Well, after last night, Varlamov looks like he could be the starter now. Oh, I see. Um, right. Yeah. Sorry to bring up a sore subject. No, that's but, okay. That's all right. I got it. I just had to get my Islanders point in there. Sorry. <laughs> but back to your question, Mike. I think you know. Again, he's playing some of these guys like Trocheck, and you get obviously most of the guys are the same on the team. But you know, he could have just got off to a slow start. Um, but I, I, to this day, the all year he's letting some easy ones get past him. Um, I don't know if he's like he switched up his his methods on you know what stick side glove side, but I think he's getting into a rhythm now. And again, I'm putting him in that top five conversation, even though he struggled in the beginning of the year. Tremendous job, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for popping on with us. I told, I promised you guys the Rangers would be better last time. Well, <laughs> yes, you Boy, did. Tell, if you have if you have any lottery numbers, I'd like to know those as well, my man. <laughs> No, but hey, congrats. Uh, maybe, that, that's maybe, good stuff. Maybe, maybe next show. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks All so right. much. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. All right. Take care, Chris.
Phone lines are now open, folks, 516-623-1240. We want to hear from you for the next 15 minutes. Mike Trezor, Mike Adone, taking you till 9. Anything is on the table right now, NFL playoffs, NBA, NHL. And you know what, Mike? Um, earlier in the season, you were very, very anxious to want to talk some NBA <laughs> Brooklyn Nets basketball. Okay. And I have... Oh, wait a minute. The back cover of today's Newsday. Oh, boy. Rivalry? What rivalry? Oh, this is time for me to give Mike Adone some grief. And I, and I deserve it. Listen, I'll tell you. Um, can I, can I just say this about the Nets? Not a negative. Not a negative. I'm just going to throw this out. Come on, let's start with the positive. No, it is. All right, so here's a positive. Kyrie Irving, all-star starter. Yes. What are your thoughts? Um, well, listen, <laughs> it's clear. Do you and I really like Kyrie the person? We don't. We don't. You but, know, listen, I mean, but what a, he, he, he what has a seemed to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, tw- 21 in the fourth quarter last night about uh, against the Knicks. So let's get back to Kyrie in a minute. Okay. Let's talk some Nets. Okay. I mean, they were 18-2, and two, Mike, and had the ship really going in the right direction 18 and 2 in their previous 20 games before the Durant injury. Uh, it seemed like, alright, we got Steve Nash out of here, whether you think that's deserved, undeserved, didn't matter. Jock Vaughn took over, obviously for whatever reason he's more relatable, especially to the key guys on the team. So we got the ship going in the right direction. Then Kevin Durant gets hurt, you have a tough trip out west, losing to some teams that actually aren't that good, beating some teams that are good, like the Warriors on that trip out west. And so we come back home, and what we want to have is we want to have a nice, easy game in our building against the Patsy we know we can kill. And here come the New York Knicks. Patsy, yeah. um, Well, you know... (laughs) Uh, can, can, Nine uh, in a row, Mike. How about, how about underachieving? Nine uh, in a row. No, Come it, on. And no excuse for for the Knicks last night to, to play like that. Just, just no excuse at all. Because you're talking about, you know, Brooklyn, like you said, with Durant's out, Ben Simmons is basically non-existent. And, and well, he was playing okay for a he while. Was, no, it's very odd. And I, I feel for the guy because it it's – there's obviously just something going on with him because even when he's on the court, he's just he's not he's not there. He plays well, but then he gives he won't he won't take shots. And one game he looks like he's engaged, and the next game he's not. And and he's a super talent. And and you know he has to he scored. I mean, in college for Pete's sake, not that he was a shooter, but I mean he was scoring. Addition. And and in the league when he was an all star, he was he was up around you know fourteen fifteen points a game. Now the guy won't even drive to the basket. It's it's just it's sad. And despite all of that, you're right. Jacques Vaughn has has righted the ship and put them in in a position. If KD can get back, you know, relatively soon, and they can pick up from there once the playoffs start, it, it's it, they're they're in a great spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at and before we get into specific uh, specifics about the Nets or the Knicks. Just a contrast in styles between Jock Vaughn and Tom Thibodeau. Oh, I mean, Jock Vaughn, I saw his press conference, which I usually don't stay for that stuff, um, after 
a game that they lost to a team I felt they shouldn't have lost even without Durant. And he was, I mean, he was absolutely jovial. Yeah. I mean, he was smiling, cracking jokes, calling each reporter by his first name. And there's Thibodeau. He looks like he wants to smack you one yeah, if you ask him. Thibodeau looks, he looks like your angry uncle, right? That's just, <laughs> he's unhappy about everything. Even when, even when they're playing well, you know, on the sidelines, he's got the scowl going. That's, that's him and that's who he is. And, you know, that's, that, Again, that, that's kind of, I think, why he wears out his welcome sometimes in places because that, that goes only so far. John Vaughn has been a successful player in the league, was a fantastic college player, you know, at Kansas, you know, had, had a lot of success, paid his dues. So, uh, seems like, yeah, he's the right mix for that team for sure. That's not that, you know, Steve Nash, of course, was all time great, but he just seemed unprepared and, and kind of, I think it was like a, a mercy, a mercy firing when they let him go. He didn't want to be a part of that anymore. And, and Vaughn's hungry. And he said, you know what? Fine. Put me up. Let's go. Exactly. And I mean, I think Nash didn't sign up for some of no. the stuff that we've talked about on the show for two years now. All the business with Kyrie with the vaccination. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? All this business with the Kyrie drama with the anti-Semitic tweed and what have you would have i mean he didn't sign up for no. that and then durant during the summer saying that he wanted right wanted them gone yeah i th- i think he was actually relieved as you yeah. said to be put out of his misery and, and you know you look at the team now mike and all right the timing of the durant injury was bad but i guess better now than later but if you want to look at it as a positive, it's opened up some opportunities for some other guys. And who is the one guy that I've been talking about for two years that nobody else was talking about two years ago that has now emerged as a bona fide star on this team? You're putting me on the spot here. Nick Claxton? Yes. There we go. Yeah. Nick Claxton. Mike, do you know who leads the entire NBA in field goal percentage? Nick Claxton? Yes. Really? Do you know who leads the entire NBA in blocks right now? Nick Claxton. Yes! <laughs> yes! Well, Mike, that's, that's right there. That's most improved player of the year material as it is. But, no question. Yeah. No, no that, question. that's, that's huge. Yeah. And again, I don't want, if, if I'm Jock Vaughn, I don't want Nick Claxton shooting it from more no. than three feet away. But, I mean, Stick backs, second chance points, fast break points. I mean, this is a guy who can score on the break. He blocks. I mean, he had a streak going where I think it was double-digit games in a row where he had at least three blocks every single game. Yeah, what else do you need when you have, especially when Durant's there? I mean, all the scoring's taken care of. You need a little bit of a rim protector and all those things you just mentioned. Yeah, so I I think it's given him... Uh, a chance to really emerge from Kyrie and Durant's shadow. This kid, Watanabe, Utah Watanabe, mm-hmm. has done a really nice job. He's gotten some run. He's really starting to develop his game a little bit. Um, Royce O'Neal has done a nice job. Um, Seth Curry kind of comes and goes. He'll be good for a game or two. Same with Joe Harris. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say that, Joe Harris, because Joe Harris is is – the shooter, and that's yeah, why he's, he's kind of a lost man. He kind of has, and Watanabe, who I, I kind of followed in, in college. He, he played at uh, at George, George Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, and and we, we used to have, uh, and and they do it from time to time. Still, the the Atlantic Ten Conference does their championships in uh, in Barclays Center. And I remember going a couple of years ago and saying, "Wow, this this dude can shoot." And he, you know, he 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 had a little cup of coffee with some of the other teams, and then he was he played in the G League for the Nets. And I said, you know, when, when he earlier this year. When he was really on on fire, uh, 
you know, taking over for Harris before he was back 100%. He's, he's stepped up into that role and then some. My favorite moment last night, Mike, was when Grimes dr- drove to the hoop. Did you see the block Claxton put on him? I, I oh, baby, what a block. I loved it. I loved it. Well, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, you're going to, or is it, yeah, I think it is tomorrow night, you, will be probably the one night all year, or maybe the two nights all year, that I will be rooting along with you for the Brooklyn Nets, because who do they play tomorrow night? I don't know. I don't have the schedule in front of me. They play the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, that's right. I meant to bring that they, up with they you. They play the Lakers. LeBron is going to be in the house. Yes. And and who does Coach Mike Wadone like less than Kyrie Irving? <laughs> LeBron? LeBron. Come on. James. LeBron James. Wow. I didn't think you liked anybody less than uh, than Kyrie. That's saying a lot. I'll yeah. Tell you. you know, listen, LeBron, is LeBron an all-time great? He certainly is, but man. About to pass Kareem on he the is about to. He is about to pass Kareem on, on the all-time, and, and you can't take that away from him, but just, it, what is LeBron James about? LeBron James is about LeBron James all day, all night. Well, that is true. But you know what, Mike? Um, let's take a look at the Knicks for a second. I mean, okay. um. Alright, I'll take the heat. No, 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 no. I want to discuss them from a serious standpoint now. I I gave you the grief I needed to. Um, 27 and 24 right now. Again, couple games over 500. Seventh place in the East. So still in danger of, uh, being in a play-in game at the end of the year. Um, you know, Brunson, I think, has been a really nice addition, clearly. Um, but again, the Knicks find themselves in pretty much the same spot you know at this point in the season of the last couple seasons are you willing to make that big deal uh as we near the trading deadline to get somebody else in here that specifically uh can be an outside shooter because i don't think rj barrett is that i don't want julius randall to continue to be my main threat from downtown and obviously none of these other guys has shown that they can step up and be that guy so what do you do Uh, it's a great question i guess who do you give up i guess emmanuel quickly i I guess is the most tradable commodity at the moment because he's he's playing very well and and some teams need need someone of his of his stature or his ilk i was looking at some stats with them before mike and you you brought up jalen brunson who i think has done a very very good job um but really good player very very good player but when you look at the knicks offense they are 28th in the nba in assists per game 28th wow so that that doesn't speak to a, a great point guard distributing the ball flowing offense it's very kind of come up give the ball to randall let him dribble around a little bit the shot clock's running down. He kicks it out to somebody. Not not a great flowing offense. So while I'm, while I, I'm happy with Brunson, I, I I don't you know they haven't. I think that's one of the major reasons why they haven't taken that huge step from 27 and 24 to you know being you know their seventh in in the East. Which I guess you can't really. The East is so stacked. You can't ask for too much more at this time. And I'm being a little picky. But um, do you make a trade? Well, if listen. If you like what you have, if you like Randall, you like your core, whatever else, you got to do something. Otherwise, you know what? Get rid of Randall. Yeah, I don't think they're willing to do that. I don't think they are as well, and and I don't know if I would do it. But only the only reason I say that is because his trade value right now is is as high as it's going to be. You know, and and all season long, all off season long, we talked about um, the deal to get. Um, 
who was the guy? We were gonna we were gonna trade R.J. Barrett or not trade R.J. Barrett to get? Um, oh yes, 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 uh, Donovan Mitchell to get oh, Donovan sorry. Mitchell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I said to myself, well, wait a minute. If you're not willing to give up uh, R.J. Barrett to get Donovan Mitchell, you you just don't want to trade R.J. Barrett. If you're not going to trade him for him, right. you're not going to trade yeah, him. I mean, who else? Who who else would be available? You know, that would be better than exactly. Him. You know, so I, I like R.J. Barrett as a player, but he he's he's limited. I mean, he is he's you know he, he's not a third pick in the draft kind of guy. He's he, he's he's a good third banana on. On that kind of you know team, and they're looking for more. And so, uh, it, it's the eternal next question all the time. What do you do next? Right, and, and the problem is that when you get in that seven, eight, nine play-in uh, scenario, you're not going to get a high draft pick, so no. you're not going to be able to improve significantly through the draft. Right. And you know, it just seems like when free agents do come available in the off season for whatever reason, they don't want to come here. So you know. Um, I, I think the one thing that would help, though, in terms of this rivalry that may or may not be a rivalry, um, would be, and you and I have been trying to get it and talking about it for two seasons now, would be to get a nice 3-6, maybe even 4-5, or even 2-7, first round matchup, Knicks and Nets. Absolutely. I think that would really get New York's energy focused on the NBA, at least for a couple weeks. Definitely. And, yeah, I, I'll take the two seven match or whatever it is to to get a little juice going because at that time of the year, um, normally us Nick fans are going okay. We're looking at the draft and whatever else, or you know, last played the Hawks, you know, in in previous, and there was a little bit of spice there with that matchup, but not. But yeah, a Nets a Nets Knicks go at it would would be great. Quickly before we sign off, you have an update on the Bengals game, Mike? Well, we had a tie score. All right, and now. Uh, breaking news: The Kansas City Chiefs have taken lead 2013 on their last. So, uh, Bengals tied it up 13 all. Chiefs now ahead 2013. Fourth 15 left in the third quarter. 4:15 left in the third. So okay. Mahomes' magic is still going on. All right. So that's going to do it for us here at WGBB Spot, uh, Sports Talk New York. Mike Trezor, Mike Adone. We want to thank Chris Cayozo, our Ranger guy, for hopping on with us. We want to thank Brian Graves, another terrific job out of him. Mike and I will see you in a couple weeks. So long, everybody. Thank you. views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.